Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off with Hashem's help. We're going to finish the fourth chapter in Tractate Beya. So we're up to 35a on the top. And yesterday we had a discussion. We had the Gemara quoted two Mishnas in Tractate Maishas. We have a law that you don't become obligated to tithe when you're not allowed to even snack from the food before you tithe. Either you enter it into the courtyard, once you end, bring it into the courtyard, so that, that sets it as, that makes it like permanent, and from that point on, you can no longer eat from it, even like a, take a snack until you tithe. If it's tevil, you can lose your life, even the kayan is not allowed to eat from it before it's tithe. And, and, um, and then Shabbos. Shabbos is a day of pleasure, so Shabbos also. Shabbos, if you eat something on Shabbos, it sets aside. But then the Mishnah said, but if you bring food that's not fully processed yet, since it's not fully processed, then the, the courtyard does not, does not set it, does not consider it, that the, does not prohibit you from eating from it, that you're not, no longer allowed to snack from it until you're tired. Question was, is Shabbos, is this, Shabbos is the same law? Do we say Shabbos is different? Shabbos, the fact that I'm eating it on Shabbos, even a snack is already, the, the cause of Shabbos, I'm not allowed to even snack from it. If I'm eating from it, by definition, I'm not allowed to eat. Because eating on Shabbos is a mitzvah. So anything you do, even a snack, is important, significant. So therefore, before you tithe, you're not allowed to. And that was a discussion. So... So the question was, he tried to bring a proof from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said that, that uh, on Shabbos, Friday, on Shabbos in the, in the sabbatical year, like this year is a sabbatical year. Yeah. So you're not allowed to eat, the only reason you're allowed to eat from it is only if the day before, on Friday, you designated, you said, I'm going to eat from this, this fruit, I'm going to eat from this fruit. So because you designated it, therefore you're allowed to eat. Why only on Shabbos? Shviyas is no maizah. Shviyas is no tithing. Because Shviyas is a free-for-all. You only have to tithe something that belongs to you, that you own. But the other six years, the other, the other six years, the first six years, it wouldn't help you. It wouldn't help you to designate it on Friday. Why? Because you still have a problem with tithing. And you're not allowed to tithe on Shabbat. Question is, why would you have to tithe on Shabbos? We're talking about, the Mishnah is talking about um, figs that you put up to dry, mm-hmm. or, or grapes that you put up to turn into raisins. And it's not fully, fully processed. Not fully processed. Not fully dry. But you, some people eat from it. It's, it's, it's already dry enough that some people would eat from it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, since it's not fully processed, if you're saying that food is not fully processed, then, then the fact that I'm eating from the fact that it's Shabbos, why would I have to tithe? It's not fully processed. I can snack from it. So even not only on on Shabbos of the sabbatical year, Shabbos of any year, all seven years, I should be allowed to eat it as long as I designated it. As long as it's not mukta, as long as I prepared it before, I designated verbally, orally designated, and I said I'm going to eat from here tomorrow. There's no question in my sin. So you see from here that even unprocessed food. Even unprocessed food is considered uh, it, it might Shabbos because Shabbos is so significant. Any food that I eat on Shabbos 
makes it that you have to you have to tie it first. You're not allowed to eat from it first. Therefore, the other six years, and not if it's not a sabbatical year, it's not a question of muktzah, but it's a question of tithing. It's only the sabbatical year when there's no question of muktzah and there's no question of tithing, then you can eat. So what was his answer? No, don't bring a proof in the Mishnah. Why? Because the Mishnah is talking about. The mission is talking about since you designated to eat, so you're ready to eat it. So for you, it's fully processed. By you, it's fully processed. It's a very personal, it's very subjective. For someone else, it's not ready to, to eat yet. But since you're designating it to eat tomorrow, it means in your mind it's dry enough. For me, it's a raisin enough. So I'm ready to eat it. So for you, it's fully processed. So really, I'll tell you, there's no distinction between Shabbos and a courtyard. Just like a courtyard. When do you say that a courtyard establishes that you, you must tithe before you even snack from it? It's only if it, you bring in the food to the courtyard and it's fully processed. You bring it from the field to the courtyard and it's fully processed. Shabbos is no different. Only fully processed food, to even fully processed food, I can still snack from it. But, but if it's Shabbos, I can no longer but only fully processed food. So here, so, so there is no difference. Even though here we're talking about a case of, 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 of grapes, it's not fully processed. But for you, it's fully processed. Since you designated and you prepared to eat from it, therefore it's So that, that's what your mother left us. Your mother asked on the top of page 35a, that you, how could you say that? How can you say that because you designated to eat from it, therefore it's considered fully processed and therefore it becomes obligated to tithe it says that the food that's left over after Shabbos I, I, I could eat from after Shabbos I could eat from the leftover from those figs and those and those uh, grapes that will that uh, that are not fully ripe, fully processed, I could go ahead and eat it on Sunday. I can snack on this without miser. What if a person took a whole bunch of table in a large amount to eat from it? And we said, you're only allowed to snack. Before you tithe, you're allowed to snack from it, but not to, not to have a permanent meal, not to make a big meal. So if you take a huge amount, it means I'm eating. I'm not just snacking on it. I'm taking one, one fig. One, no, I'm gonna, this, is my, this is my dinner. I'm eating and making a whole meal out of it. Which then, of course, you have to tithe. You're not allowed to eat before you tithe. And then there's leftovers. So he says, so kol In other words, if the leftovers you're going to bring back to its original place, so then by taking it, even taking it and, and putting it on the table, it it, it does not it does not uh, establish that you have to take tithing from it. If what's left over you're going to bring back, you're going to put back. So then it's not. It's not established yet from mice. I don't yet have to tithe from it. So how much more so in our case? When you just said, you just, with verbally, you just verbalized, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow. You didn't, put, set aside, you didn't do an action. You didn't take an action. You didn't set aside. You just designated it verbally. Mm-hmm. 
So how can you say that that establishes that it's that you have to tithe from it? That establishes that it's, that it's fully processed, and therefore you have to tithe it. Did not we learn in the Mishnah? If a person takes olives from the from the press, and he didn't he didn't tithe it, why? Because it's not fully processed. He's still in the middle of squeezing out all the, all the oil from the olives. Actually, Matan is a place where you, you allow the, the figs, the, the, the olives, to sit there until it warms up and they start ripening. And then it's easy. It's easier to they soften up. You soften up the olives and it's easy to squeeze the, uh, the olive oil. So he says, He can take one olive at a time, dip it in salt, and eat without tithing. Because it's, he's like snacking. Since you're eating one at a time, you're like snacking. Snacking, you'll have to snack even before you tithe. But if he takes ten, he, takes, he gathers ten olives, and he does result, <laughs> that's not a snack. That's not a snack, that's a meal. So then you're not allowed to eat from them until you tithe. Rabbi says, If a person who's impure takes the olives from the maton, and the maton, the, the, this big barrel or vessel, was pure. So now that the, the impure person touched the olives, he can no longer return it back to the, to the mat. Because he contaminated The leftover olives are all pure. He doesn't want to, he can't contaminate, he doesn't want to contaminate it. So in that case, chayev. Because then, the ten olives that you took, since you're not returning it, you add them all together, it's a, it's a meal, it's not a snack. So I can't eat from them, any of them, until I, till I tithe. But what if a person who's impure took the matan which he took it from, the vessel which he took it from was also impure. So he has no problem returning it. Whatever the leftovers that he doesn't need, he'll just return it back with the other olives. In that case, Potter, he's exempt from tithing. Why? He has a mind to return it. So therefore, the olives don't add up. You, they, you can't count all the ten olives together. No, I'm going to return some of them back, back to the matter. So since you're planning to return some of them, so you can't look at it, oh, yeah, ten is, ten is a meal. But I'm not eating all ten, I'm going to eat some of them. And I'm going to return the rest back where they came from. Back to the processing. Back to the plant, the process, back to the vessel. So therefore, they don't they don't add up all together. You don't look at these ten as a, as a, as a meal, and then when I'm eating, I'm just snacking. So I don't have to tithe. So if that's true, according to Rabbi Lezer, if that's true, when you physically take it and remove it from the mouth, from the processing, and I put it on the table, and you dip it in salt, and you're ready to eat some of them. Nevertheless, since you're going to return some of them, you don't you don't look at it as 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 fully processed. You're going to return back back to the processing. So so how much more so in the case where the, on Friday you just designate verbally, Sam, from the, here and here I'm going to take I'm going to take these these dried up grapes or these dried up uh, these, these raisins or these, these dried up figs. 
that it's not considered as if, as if, it's, if it's fully processed. Because whatever I'm not going to take, I'm just going to leave. I'm not even going to take it. I'm just going to take tomorrow, and then the rest I just leave to dry, continue to dry. So how can you say it's considered fully processed? So then, and so therefore, according to Rabbi Lezer, our Mishnah would prove the law, would prove the principle. That Shabbos is different than a courtyard. Shabbos is much more significant than a courtyard. A courtyard, when you bring food into a courtyard, only if it's fully processed, the act of bringing it into the courtyard now establishes that I can no longer eat from this, I can't even snack from it before I type. Shabbos, but if it's not fully processed, then just bringing it into the courtyard doesn't change anything, doesn't change its status, I can still snack from it even before it's time. Shabbos is different. Shabbos, even unprocessed food, even if it's unprocessed, the fact that Shabbos is a day of pleasure and the eating on Shabbos is a mitzvah, significant, so even if I just snack, since it's Shabbos, you're already obligated to tithe. And that would explain why all the other years, the six years that are not the Shemitah year, those years, it doesn't help me to designate it on Friday. What's going to help me designate it on Friday? Tomorrow when I take it to snack on, I would have to tithe. You're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos. It's only on Shaviyas, on the sabbatical year, like this year. When there's no tithing, you're not obligated to tithe because you don't own it. It's, 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 it's free for all. So as long, so the only issue then is muktzah. So when you designate it on Friday, it's okay. So this does prove that principle, Rab Nachman's principle. One second, but the Gemara continues. We and we wonder. We ask, and Nabilazer, Maishna, Deishna, Maishna, safe. What's the difference between the first case and the second case? In the first case, he says he can't return it. In the second case, he could return it. The beginning part is talking about a case where the person is impure, the maton, where you took it from, where you took the olives from, is pure. The person who took it is impure. He can't return it. He doesn't want to contaminate all the other olives. So he knows when he's taking it, he's taking it permanently. He's not returning it. So these ten olives no longer, will no longer be processed. And safer. The, the last case is talking about matan Both the person is impure. The matan is impure. The matan has an option of returning it. So therefore, all the olives you don't add, you don't look at them as one whole, and therefore it's not considered like set. It's not like set like a, a full meal. Because some of them I'm going to return. So therefore, so the question, so right? So the question is now a Mishnah. So now, according to Abelazar, our Mishnah would prove the principle that that on Shabbos, even though you can, even though you just verbalize it, and you're only going to take some. Nevertheless, Shabbos itself establishes that you must type. You're not allowed to even snack from it before it's time. That's why the other the other years, the six years, preparing it verbally, preparing it on Friday won't help you. Yes, it wouldn't be an issue of muktzah any longer because I'm preparing it, but I'm, but it's an it's issue of ma'aser. I'm not allowed to type in Shabbos. So the Gemara answers no. Nisanami, our mission also that says that the other six years you are obligated to tithe. Why are you obligated to tithe? I'm just snacking on it. He's talking about the same idea. According to the mission, we're talking about the same exact idea. The person is impure. The, the, uh, all the other olives, uh, all the other dates, uh, figs, and all the other grapes are pure. So he cannot return it. So when he, when he designates it, I'm going to take from here a whole bunch of... So you're taking a whole bunch, so therefore, 
it's, it's not snacking, you're not snacking, you're taking a whole bunch. It's, it's like a meal. A meal, you're not allowed to eat before you're tithing. You can tithe on Shabbos. It's only on the sabbatical year when you don't, you're not obligated to tithe that it's okay. What do you mean? What are you talking about? That our missionary doesn't have to return anything. He just verbally didn't remove anything. He just verbally on Friday said, I'm going to eat from here. I'm going to take, I'm going to take from here. I'm going to take these figs from here. I'm going to take these grapes from here. Tomorrow he's only going to take what he eats. He doesn't have to return anything. So therefore, what? Yeah, no, yeah, what he takes becomes tummy, but he doesn't have to return anything. And what he's taking, he's just snacking. So why, why wouldn't he be able to snack and, and take, take just what he... No, he's just touching what he's taking. So he doesn't have to return anything. Rather, Rav Simbarashi answers. You're right. Our Mishnah Shabbos does establish it. You must tithe. You're not allowed to eat from it until you tithe. But nevertheless, you can't bring a proof from our mission that Shabbos establishes the obligation to tithe even if the food is not fully processed. You know why? Because Rabbi Lezer, you're saying Rabbi Lezer, you want to bring a proof from Rabbi Lezer? Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer is consistent with his, with his, with his uh, shita that holds on a truma cover. That the moment you set aside truma, you already establish it, the obligation to, to tithe. Even if it's not processed. If you took fruits that are not fully processed and you took truma and you gave it to the kaya, that establishes the tithing. I'm not allowed to even snack from it until I tithe. And it's terrible. If you do, you lose your life in the hands of heaven. The kolsh again, Shabbos. How much more so Shabbos is kevelim? I said, could Rabbi Rabbi hold that setting aside truma already establishes the obligation to myself to tithing? I'm not allowed to even snack from it any longer before I tithe until I tithe. How much more so that Shabbos establishes that obligation just to say eat? So I'm not allowed to even snack on Shabbos because it's Shabbos. Any food eating that I eat on Shabbos is significant and establishes that I'm not allowed to eat from it before I tithe. Where do we learn this? Now we learn the Mishnah. If you took truma, you gave to the Koyan from fruits that are not fully, fully processed, ripened, or fully processed, whatever you have to do with it. Abelezer says you're not allowed to eat from it, even, even take a snack from it until you tithe. It's tevel. No. You're allowed to snack from it. There's no obligation to tithe. So therefore, so Rabbi Lezer, you're asking a question from Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer, according to Rabbi Lezer, you're right, Shabbos, Shabbos would establish. But we're saying according to the opinion of the rabbis. The rabbis are whole that even if you t- give truma to the Kayan, it does not establish the obligation to tithe. So I would say Shabbos is the same. Shabbos is the same. Shabbos has not established the, ab- the obligation, ab- obligation to tithe if it's unprofitable. So the only reason why in the other years you're not allowed to designate it on Friday doesn't help you is because since you're you're eating from it since you are 
in your mind you're going to eat from it so therefore for you it's fully processed it's hold it doesn't matter that, that the rest you're going to return even in the case where you physically take it and you're going to return it you're still obligated to eat since you're, you're, it's a meal for you you're designating a meal for, for it so therefore you're obligated to give maizah so since you designated verbally and you designated you're going to eat from here, so you're obligated to, to tithe, and um, and you're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos. That's the that's why the other six years is not a question of muktzah; it's a question of, of tithe. Okay. Okay. Now the gemara. Gemara goes back to the argument in Rabbi Lezer and the rabbis and our mission. Rabbi Lezer says that all you have to do is verbally say on Friday that I'm going to eat from here. You don't have to mark anything. You don't have to mark and say I'm going to eat these fruits. Just from here in general, I'm going to take from here tomorrow. And the rabbis say that you have to mark. And the argument is the law of Breda. If, if designating in general, I'm going to take from here, and the next day you decide which fruits you're going to eat, so you clarify retroactively that that's the, those, these are the fruits that you've designated. And the rabbis say, no, there's no Breda. You have to actually designate before Shabbos which fruits specifically you're going to eat. But the other years, at the other years, the Shabbos, Shabbos establishes for Maiser that everyone agrees. There's no argument. The only argument is if there's no issue of Maiser, if it's a sabbatical year, it's only a question of Muksa. That's the question if you have to physically mark which fruits you're going to eat. Or no, you can decide that tomorrow. And retroactively, it will, it, you say that that's what he had in mind on Friday. Toshma, bring your proof. Me safer from the end of the mission. You have to mark the fruits. And he says, from here I'm going to eat. From here till here. Time of the reason you're allowed to eat on Shabbos without tithing, because that is Shabbos Bishvias, because we're talking about that of Shabbos of the sabbatical year, when you're not obligated to tithe. The because it's free for all, it belongs to everyone, you're not the owner. Over the other, the other years of the sabbatical, the six years, the Bnei Yisurin, you know, when you're obligated to tithe, Asurim, they're prohibited. My time, why, why? It's unprocessed, it's not fully ripe, it's not fully finished, the drying process is not fully finished. So why aren't you allowed to eat from it? Love, surely it's only because, isn't it not because it's from the Shabbos cover? Shabbos establishes. When it comes to Meiser, Shabbos, eating on Shabbos already establishes the obligation to eat. You're not allowed to eat until you, until, until you, until you type. So we see, even if it's unprocessed. So it's not only Rabbi Lezer. It's not only Rabbi Lezer who holds that. The rabbis also agree with him. The rabbis only argue whether there is breda, there is no breda. But the, the first part, the idea that there has to be only talking about Shabbos of Shabbos and Shaviyas, but the other years it won't work. And what's the problem? 
if I saw, if I write and I, I say which one I'm going to eat before, I'm going to eat from here to here, and I mark. Well, why wouldn't I be allowed to eat it? There's no issue of mitzvah. What's the issue? The issue is, is, is tithing. You're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos. You're obligated to tithe. You're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos. Why are you obligated to tithe if it's unprocessed? So, so, so you see that even the rabbis agree with this. With this principle, Shabbos establishes the obligation to tithe even an unprocessed food, even if it's not fully processed. Gemara says, "No, that's not true. Really, Shabbos, like the courtyard, does not establish the obligation to tithe if it's unprocessed, if it's not 100 percent processed." Shiny Hasam here is different. Since he's marking it and he's saying I'm eating from here to here, then that establishes. Then it's like it's not snacking. It means it's a meal. I'm, I'm putting aside, it's, I'm designating it, I'm marking from here to here. That, that's already establishing, that's not temporarily just taking a. Taking a a fig and eating it, or taking a grape and just snacking on it, or a raisin, or semi semi full uh, ripe raisin, whatever. No, it's 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 that itself establishes it. Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing to do with mukta. It's not a question of yeah. The fact that I'm designating it now it becomes obligated to time, not because of Shabbos. The Shabbos establishes even unripe food. No, it's my designating. It. That's what establishes. If that's the case, because of his because of his designating it, Shabbos, he should have taught us even during the week. Nothing new with Shabbos. Nothing new with Shabbos, even on a Thursday. If you'd go, if you have raisins that are not fully fully processed yet, or you have dried figs that are not, that are not fully processed yet, but you want to eat from it, so the fact that you're designating, you're saying tomorrow I'm going to eat from here to here, that already establishes it. That 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 becomes obligated to type. Ma'ir Shabbos, I feel a bechel nami. So he should have taught us this halacha in a weekday. The Gemara says, "How come And the reason why you're right, really, it's true in a weekday also. The reason he's teaching us by Shabbos, he's coming to teach us the devil, the devil, muchenu esel Shabbos, the devil. Even though it's not, it's not ready to eat yet. It's not fully, fully didn't yet turn into a full raisin or a full dried fig. But by Shabbos, it's considered as if it's it's fully processed. It's prepared. Why? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's coming to teach us that tevel. Even though tevel, tevel, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to tie them Shabbos. Tevel, even a koyin can eat from it. Tevel is, is, is fruits, produce that you didn't yet take the tithing, the obligated tithing. Before you take the tithing, you're not allowed to eat from it. It's prohibited. You lose your life in the hands of Hashem if you take, eat from this fruit before you take the proper tithing. It's, 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 not, it's not like the IRS. You don't pay your taxes here, you lose your life if you eat from the fruits before you give the, the, all the mices that you have to give. So therefore, the question is, how could you say it's prepared on Shabbos? How could you say it's considered that I prepared it? It should be mukta. Even if you mark it and you say, I'm going to eat from here to here, it should still be mukta. Why should it still be mukta? Because I can't, I can't, since he can't tithe it, so it's a question of mukta. 
the rights of mourning. So he's coming to teach us that no, once you once you you mark it, then you are allowed to eat from it. Why? Because sin shim over mitukon. So that's what he's coming to teach. He's saying, on Shemitah, there's no problem, because Shemitah, you don't have to tithe. The other year, it's a problem, because you have to tithe. That's the only problem. There's no problem with Mukta. Mukta is not an issue. Why? Because by preparing it on Friday and marking it, I'm neat from here to here, there's no longer a question of Mukta. The only issue is, Tithing, and therefore, since you're not allowed to tithe on Shabbos, therefore I can't eat from the fruit, even the fruit that I mark and I designate. But what happens if, after the fact, if I go ahead and I, I, I violate the rabbinic prohibition of not tithing on Shabbos? Biblically, I'm allowed to tithe. It's only rabbinical. You violate and go ahead and tithe on Shabbos. I can eat from those fruits because there was no other issue. The only issue here was mice. There's no issue of mukta. Question is why? There should be an issue of mukta. What does it help me to mark from here to here? Even if you mark and you went ahead and violated the, the rabbinic prohibition of tithing, not tithing on Shabbos, and you went ahead and tithed on Shabbos, you should still not be allowed to eat from the fruit. Not because of tithing. I already tithed. It's done. But because it's mukta. What does it help me to designate since you're not allowed to tithe? So, so therefore, my mind, since I can't tithe, I can't touch these fruits. So my mind, these, these fruits are off limits. Even if I went ahead and tithed it, it's mukta. I shouldn't be allowed to eat it because of mukta. Nevertheless, it's coming to teach me that he would be allowed to eat it. That's what's coming to teach me that he would be allowed to eat it. There's no issue of mukta. Why, why shouldn't it be an issue? If he went ahead and tithed it, illegally, he can go ahead and eat it even the other six years. Why not? Why would he be allowed to eat it? Why isn't it an issue of mukta? So he says, because since biblically I am allowed to tithe, and if after the fact you went ahead and tithe it, it's okay, I can eat from it. So therefore, in your mind, it's not totally off limits. I prepared it, and you never know, maybe someone will come along and tithe it, or whatever. So in my mind, there's always the possibility that I can eat from it, and therefore it's no issue of muktzah. That's what this coming teaches. But the truth is, this law also applies on a regular weekday, the idea in relation to the laws of Meisr, on a Wednesday afternoon, I, I say from here and here, I'm going to eat, and you designate this amount of fruits, produce to eat, or frigs, or, 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 or grapes, you would not be allowed to eat from it until you die. Mm-hmm. That is true, that is correct. Mm-hmm. So being over on a rabbinical is only to do something. Yeah, so at least in your mind, it's not mukta. It's almost like, like two rabbinicals. Muktzah is rabbinical. So muktzah. And you're not allowed to tie this rabbinic. So to say that that's muktzah, that we say is not muktzah. It's not considered muktzah. What do you mean? I'll ask you a contradiction in Rabbelezer and Rabbelezer. We learn a person was eating a bunch of grapes. Usually the grapes are used for wine. So therefore it's unprocessed, it's not fully processed. The grapes, if, if the grapes were designated to eat and the ripe grapes, then it's all done. But these grapes I'm keeping for wine. But in the meanwhile, he's snacking on the grapes. He's eating from, from the bunch of grapes that, that's going to be used for wine. 
and he's entering with his grapes from the garden where the grapes grow to his courtyard. When you enter a courtyard, you become obligated to tithe. He's allowed to finish eating the grapes even though it was untied. It doesn't have to separate through misamizers. Why? Because a courtyard, like we learned, a courtyard only obligates you to tithe if the food is fully processed. Here the food is not fully processed. The food is meant for wine. You're just snacking on it. So therefore, even the fact you entered into the courtyard doesn't obligate it to tithe. So you can continue eating it. Shua says no. Shua argues. Because he holds that a courtyard establishes the obligation for tithing, even unfully processed food. Then the Brisa continues. What if Chashcha Belel Shabbos? You were eating in the garden, you're eating your grape, and then all of a sudden it's Shabbos. Shabbos, Shabbos. It turns dark. It's Shabbos. You can continue eating the grapes, even, even though it's untied. Because Shabbos is like a courtyard. Just like a courtyard does not establish the obligation to, when you bring the food into the courtyard, the, the produce into the courtyard does not establish the obligation to tithe. Unless it's fully processed. And here it's not fully processed. So you can continue eating even though it's untithe. Same thing as Shabbos. Yes, Shabbos establishes the obligation to tithe. But only on fully processed food. This grape is not fully processed because it's intended to, to make wine from. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed to continue snacking even though it's untied. Mm-hmm. I'm sure argues in both cases. Shabbat, yeah, you're right. Shabbos is like a courtyard. We don't think a courtyard obligates you to tithe even if unprocessed, fully processed food. It's not fully processed. So to Shabbos also. See, you have to seize to eat. Go ahead and take care of all your turmas and maizes and then you can continue it. So we have a contradiction in Abilazar and Abilazar here. Now Mission Abilazar says that that Shabbos does not establish the obligation to tithe if it's not fully processed. Now Mishnah, Abilazar holds but the other years, other than the sabbatical year, you would have an issue of tithing. It's not a question of mukta because he's, by, for him, Rabbi Lezer, just verbally dedicating it Friday. is enough just saying, from here, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow. It's no question of mukta any longer. The only question is tithing. Other six, for other six years, not the sabbatical year, since he, you're not allowed to tithe, and you're obligated to tithe. Why would you be obligated to tithe? According to Rabbi Lezer, he says clearly in the Braiza that you're not obligated to tithe. Just because the Chavez... If I'm just planning to snack, it's not, it's not an issue. Since it's not fully ripe, it's not fully processed. It's still drying up, it's still turning into a raisin, it's still turning into dry figs. When he says, they should finish it on Shabbos, doesn't mean to say they should finish. Tiny time over there, like we learned the reason. The Brice explains the Mishnah there. He doesn't say finish eating in the courtyard. What he means is you can leave even though it saw the chatzah it saw the courtyard yeah, brought into the courtyard you can still take it out from the, remove it from the courtyard and continue snacking it 
the day you spend the day you spend the day when he says you should finish doesn't mean finish on Shabbos no you can't eat it on Shabbos you can wait till after Shabbos and that's what he says allow Shabbos to pass that you don't say that once it saw the once he entered into the courtyard, that's it. It's established for Meiser for the rest. No, if you want to eat in the courtyard, yes, that's really all. If you want to eat it on Shabbos, yes, then even snacking on it, you're not allowed. But you can wait till after Shabbos. You can remove it from the courtyard and continue snacking it outside the courtyard. That's what Rabbi Lezer wants. And that be no. So therefore, Shabbos is given. If you want to eat it on Shabbos, he can. If you have a problem, I can't eat it on Shabbos. Even say Shabbos. No, Shabbos is Kaveh for Shabbos. Just for Shabbos. Rabbi Shua argues. Rabbi Shua says. Rabbi Shua argues. Rabbi Shua says, no, once it stop, once the Chatzar, once it establishes, it's established. You can't just remove it. Once Shabbos establishes, you can't wait. That won't help you to wait until Mitzvah Shabbos. It's already established. So, so that's why we hear also. You can't eat it on Shabbos. Only on the sabbatical year, when there's no mice, there's no issue of mice, then you can eat. Yosser Rabbin, when Rabbin came from Eretz Yisrael, he came to Babylon, he said, he said in the name of Rabbi Echinon, the law is Echad Shabbos. A fruit that you started eating on Shabbos, the Truma, fruit that you separated the Truma to the Koyen, Echad Chatzim. A uh, fruit that you brought into entered and brought into the courtyard. A fruit that you sold to your friend. All of them. And that's the halacha. It does not establish the obligation to tie it. That I would no longer be even allowed to snack in it. Only if you if these are fully ripe and fully processed foods. Shabbos. Why did he have to tell us about Shabbos? Lafukim the Hillel to exclude what Hillel said in the Brayse. Tani will in the Brayse. Amamir someone who gathers on Friday. Paidus mukim mukim likte. You gathered fruits, the mukim to one place to harvest or to 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 cut, to cut. But he didn't he didn't he didn't finish. And then Shabbos, this was on Friday, and then, and then Shabbos begins. Hillel, Hillel would not eat from them. Only Hillel. But all the rabbis disagree with him, and all the rabbis said you could eat from them. Because it's unprocessed, it's not finished. And that's why Rabbi Yechner says the law follows the rabbis, not Hillel. We continue thirty-five B Chatzer. The reason he had to teach us the law by Chatzer by courtyard. Lafukim the Rabbi Akiv to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Akiv. Now we learn in the Mishnah. is a person who brings figs to his courtyard in order to set aside to dry. So his family, his household could eat from it, could snack from it. And they're exempt from tithing because it's unfinished. We learned that Yaakov disagrees. Yaakov says, no, they're not allowed to eat from it before they tithe. Yaakov says, no, they're exempt. Therefore, Yaakov comes to say that the law does not follow Yaakov. 
Truma, why does he have to teach us the law by Truma? If you separate, if you give Truma to the Koyin, that is, it doesn't establish the obligation to tie it if the food is not fully processed. Lafukum ni it comes to exclude Rabbalaz. Nan we learn. Paydays, if you took Truma before the fruits are fully processed, Rabbalaz says the fact that you took Truma now forbids you to eat from it. To snack from it. The rabbis allow. So he says, that's Rabbi Yechon is coming to tell us the law follows the rabbis. Mekach, if you buy purchasing it, get it none, like we learn. A person who buys figs from an Amoritz, an unlearned, unscholarly. A person, a place. A, per, a place where most people a place where most people a person where most people use it for for uh, to dry the figs the prophet is to marry once you're married right they press the figs together they dry it and then they press it so in this in this community in that community the figs are not not fully processed because they're meant to be dried and then pressed together so in that case you can eat from it without tithing even though it was purchased after they're fully processed because since you bought, bought it from an unlearned person we're not and they many of them abandoned the mitzvah of, of tithing so out of doubt we suspect them out of doubt you have to give the might my is dumb what is this i don't know what's the tithe wasn't the tithe you have to be strict and you have to but only if it's fully processed if it's before it's fully processed before you fully dry it then then you're allowed to it's not even obligated even though it was purchased so that's what he's coming to say That's what he's coming to say, like the Braisa, that the law is like the Braisa that you could eat. So, Shmami, now what do we hear from the, we see from this, we derive from this three things, plus three Allah. Shmami, now we see Mekachene Kabaz. Purchasing does not establish the obligation to pay. Only if you purchase food which is fully prosperous. Ushmam, you know, and we, we see from this, the majority of even the unlearned do type. Because the Mai means only out of doubt. Not for certain it wasn't type. No, probably it was type. But out of doubt, I have to be strict and I have to separate once it's fully processed. We also learned Mas and the And we learned from here that you have to tithe out of doubt, even something that's not fully processed. So he says, oh, so he said, I'm allowed to snack from it, but, but you have to tithe the Mai. So this Braisa holds, you have to tithe the Mai, even because the fact, even, even, that even, even Ameorit, even something you bought from them, something that wasn't finished, 
So maybe in that case, you should for certain he didn't tithe. Certainly he wasn't tithe. Why do we say it's the Mai? It's only doubt. Nevertheless, we say it's only in doubt because it's very likely maybe that Maritz, the unlearned person, did tithe even even from food that wasn't fully fully finished. Because there are people who do that. So we see that there are people who would tithe even from food that's not fully processed. And that's why when you purchase from Amaretz food in the stage where it's not fully processed, you're only obligated to tithe only out of doubt. Not for certain it wasn't tithe. So once, it put, once it, you fully process it, you should say for certain you have to. No, you don't say for certain you have to. Only out of doubt. Because maybe because there are people who tithe, who, tithe, who tithe even from food that's not fully processed. So Rabbi Yechon is coming to teach us that the law follows this b'raisa, that purchasing does not establish the obligation to tithe that I would no longer be allowed to snack from it. Well, Lafukin is coming to exclude Mahadatnan from another Mishnah. We learn that, that the purchasing does establish the obligation to tithe. That I would no longer even be allowed to snack from it before, unless you tithe. Where do we learn this? Because we learn a mahatlet, pay this in if you... If you you barter, you do a barter. You need apples, he needs oranges, you barter. So he says that it's not considered like buying. He has a mind to eat and he has a mind to eat. Or he has a mind to set aside these figs or these grapes to dry, turn to raisins or dried figs. So according to both of them, it's not fully processed. Mm-hmm. One of them is planning to eat it. For him, it's fully ready to eat. And the other one, for him, it's not ready to eat. He's planning to, to, to dry it up. In all of these cases, everyone is obligated to tie it. Even if it's not fully processed, he's obligated. Why? Because the fact of purchasing... The fact that you exchange is like a purchase, so the act of purchasing already obligates you to tithe. Yehuda argues, and he says, If you're both planning to eat, then, then it's, it's, it's food for you, it's fully processed, and you're obligated to eat. So the one who's planning to eat for him, he has to, he has to, he has to tithe. He's not allowed to even snack from it before he tithes. But, but Lixa is the one who's planning to set it aside and to dry it up. But he's exempt because for him, it's uh, it's not fully processed, and the act of purchasing does not establish does not establish the obligation to tithe by food that's not fully processed. And that's Rabbi Yechonah says the law follows Rabbi Yehuda and the original Brayzer. Maybe we finish the fourth chapter, Mazel Tov, and we got to learn the laws of tithing. It's like Israel. Now we come to the fifth and final chapter of the tractate. In a few days with Hashem's help, we're going to make a seum. You're allowed to lower fruits, fruits that are on the roof. Let's say you have a, yeah, a skylight. So let's say you have wheat, barley that are you laid out on the roof to dry. But then you see it's, it's the clouds are coming, it's going to rain. So the rabbis allowed you on Yantif to, to bring it down through the skylight. And they'll fall to the ground because it's, it's, uh, it's not such a big effort. But only in a skylight. 
not through a window. If you have, like we have windows in the walls, that they would not allow to, but the skylight they allow. Because to lift it up, you have to lift it up from the roof and put it in the window and then drop it. It's not such a big, but to, to, to take it down on the side and bring it in through the window, that's already, that's already a whole production. <laughs> that you're not allowed to do on Yom. Have a labor Shabbos. On Shabbos, you're not allowed, even, even through the sky. If you're dripping, you have a leak in your apartment and it's dripping, so you're allowed to cover the fruits. So you, why? It has nothing to do with yamtiv. You're just protecting your food. But, but yes, but to protect money, the loss of money, the rabbis took that into account. The loss of money, a Jew shouldn't, shouldn't be a financial loss. They allowed him to cover the fruits protect it from the dripping of the water it shouldn't ruin the fruits and the same is true barrels of wine and barrels of oil you're allowed to cover it from the dripping to protect it from the dripping even on Shabbos you're allowed to put a, a bucket to capture the dripping because otherwise the whole house will become become a mess you know, you allow it to drip in the floor and become a mess a puddle and and then we had earthen floor where the whole thing become muddy. So the rabbis allowed you to take a bucket to capture the drip. That's the mission. One of them, his version of the mission was mashil. The other one said mashil. He's also not making a mistake. Because both of them mean the same thing. You lower it down. Mashil and Mashil mean the same thing. Because we find this expression in the passage. It says, it says in the rebuke, it says, we just read in Kisavai. 98 curses. You're gonna, you're gonna, he's gonna throw down his fruits. In other words, they're gonna be thrown off the tree unripe before they're ripe. So we see Yishal means to lower down. And Mazut says the one who says Mashkil is not even making a mistake because we find this expression in the Mishnah. The Mishnah discusses. The Mishnah discusses the different different uh, defects in Bechiris, different defects in the animal. Mm-hmm. The Bechir, the firstborn uh, animal of a kosher animal, which you have to give to the Koyan, and the Koyan has to offer as a sacrifice, but if, unless it's, 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 it's defective, then you give it to the Koyan. So he says, and he explains, these are defects. Shachel, what kind of defect is Shachel? That the, the, the thigh was... Dislocated. Uh, yeah, a dislocated thigh. And, and it's lowered down. That's called Shachel. It's lowered down. It's lowered. It's not in its right place. So you see, Shachel means to lower down. Kassel, what's the defect of Kassel? One leg is bigger than the next. Usually the thigh is connected to the uh, to the uh, the tail is with, with the flank in our here 
one of them is normal, one leg, and the other leg is, is too high. So that's a defect. If someone would have said that our Mishnah says Mashidin, also Le Mishnah, he could have also said that our Mishnah reads Mashidin. If you would have said that the mission said Mashchidin, also is not making a mistake. All these means are lower it down. He says, See how careful he was in the word of the mission, every word of the mission. And we learn in the mission that Rabbi Shmuel says, We learned. Rabbi Shmuel says, We learned in the tractate Nazir, Nazir Liyachiv Reisha Badama, a Nazirite who's not allowed to, today's Rambam, who's not allowed to cut his hair, is not allowed to rub his hair, shampoo his hair, Badama with earth. Nishamesh is a shar, because it, it, it tears off the shar. It means it lowers the side, it falls off. Right. So summation means to lower down, to fall down. Because we learned in the tracted Kalim, Ashachar means referring to a razor. Yeah. Why is it called Shachar? Because it removes the hair. So Mashka means to remove, to lower down. A scissor, a scissor, a barber of a barber. Why is it called zug, a pier? Because it has two knives. A zug is a pier. A scissor is called a pier because a scissor has two knives. So even though the two knives fell apart, was unscrewed and fell apart, mayan is still impure because each knife is still, is still uh, worthy of usage. I can use it. So we see that the the uh, the shocher razor is called shocher. So it lowers down. Man, whoever says manshirin is also doesn't not making a mistake. It's not because we learn in the mission in Shabbos. If someone his clothes fell into water, he's allowed to put it on and walk in the clothes in the chayshes. And he doesn't have to worry that people are going to say, hey, he dried his clothes on Shabbos. I mean, he washed his clothes on Shabbos. People are going to realize that probably an accident happened. It fell, it got wet. <laughs> but no one would suspect him that he went ahead and violated Shabbos. Or you can learn from him. Now that we learn the mission, they say, Leket, which is Leket that the, that the owner is obligated to leave over in the field. He says, um, "Yeah, that's the mitzvah two hundred and nineteen in Kedusha. In Leviticus, he says, Something falls off when it, when it's harvesting and it drops, so he has to leave it for the poor person." Mm-hmm. Okay, now the mission says, and the Gemara explains our mission. Now we learn mission how many, how much fruit is he allowed to lower down and throw down, throw down through the skylight? And you don't say it's a, it's, it's, it's an extra exertion. Like we learn in Shabbos, 
if you have a storage place and you need the place, you're allowed to remove four or five barrels of tevin, of straw, if you need the place, you, you, you invited guests and you need the place, so you're allowed to remove up to four or five barrels. You should have a place to seat the guests. Or the place the students have a place to sit to learn. So also over here it will be the same amount, four or five barrels. Mm-hmm. What's the proof? Maybe there's different. There they allowed a special dispensation because otherwise the students will not have a place to learn. So they allowed you to to to, to, to dispense four or five barrels to remove. Perhaps not. Just you shouldn't ruin your money, shouldn't be ruined. The rabbis didn't allow you all that extra exertion. Inami or Hosam dear Hainatama allowed Avakhorz Kobashari allowed Mishum Shabbos Khamid Shab only four or five because this Shabbos is strict. So therefore No, so therefore you're not gonna come if you allow him to, to remove four or five barrels, you're not gonna come to treat Shabbos lightly. Avo Yamtav the kill, Shabbos as it as it is is more is more lenient than Shabbos. You'll have to cook, you'll have to carry. So if you allow him to schlep and start schlepping and all this exertion, he's gonna come to treat Yamtiv lightly in general. Maybe I shouldn't allow anything. Or Lidakisa the other way. Awesome, dear. Like I have some moment since there's no financial laws, therefore you only allow four or five barrels. There's financial laws. You have some moment. I feel it too. Even if it's a hundred barrels, maybe I would I would allow him to do it. So we'll stop over here. So therefore, there's no proof. See, he doesn't tell us the bottom line how much, and we'll continue the discussion tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful.